So a group of guys took a trip to France and, to, and decided to attend mass in a small town. Now, they didn't know French, but they managed to stand, kneel, uh, and sit with the rest of the congregation because they didn't want to stand out as a bunch of tourists. At one point, the priest spoke, and the man sitting next to them stood up. When they saw him standing, they decided to stand as well. The entire congregation broke into laughter. After the service, they approached the priest and they asked him what was so funny about them standing. The priest said that he had announced a birth in the parish and asked the father to stand up. <laughs> Hong Kong, 87.882. Japan, 87.7, 81.5. Switzerland, 85.6, 81.9. Singapore, 85.8, 81.6. These numbers represent the average ages for men and women in the parts of the world that rank the highest for life expectancy. We consider little else to be as telling of the superiority of a nation than its life expectancy. As a result, we study these people, uh, what they eat, where they live, and even what they believe. And what I'll, what I'll point out about these countries is uh, that they share many factors in common, and some of these things are dedication to hard work and healthy lifestyles. But there's a more important list of numbers that I think we need to pay attention to that I'd like to mention this morning. These numbers are 33, 39, 65, 56, 42, 35, and 32. Anybody have any guess what those numbers are? You're close. You're close. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> These are the ages of great heroes throughout history at the times of their deaths. Jesus, Martin Luther King Jr., the Apostle Paul, Abe Lincoln, William Tyndale, William Wallace, and Alexander the Great. It is speculated that the oldest in this group of people was the Apostle Paul, and it's guessed that he was around 65 years old when he was executed. And yet we consider them to be among the most impactful people in all of history. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter shortly before he was to be executed. It is one of the most inspirational pieces of literature you'll ever read, and it is called Second Timothy. He provided some final insights to his disciple, Timothy, inside this letter, right before they put him to death. Paul wrote, Therefore I remind you to keep ablaze the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. 
Throughout the Bible, there is an undeniable relationship between faith and fear. They're opposites in God's eyes. Faith in God triumphs over fear of this world, while the fear of the Lord triumphs over the faith in this world. Our fear and our faith are both to be in the Lord. Proverbs 1.7, for instance, tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So let's take a deeper dive into what the Bible says about this thing called fear. The book of Revelation in chapter 21 talks about the eternal kingdom and the final defeat of Satan and his followers. Revelation 21.8 says, But the cowards, unbelievers, vile, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I don't know if you caught this, but cowardice is the first thing on this list. It's not a trait of those who follow Christ. It is not an attitude that is worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus. Years back, there was an experiment that examined the behaviors of monkeys. Four monkeys were placed in a room, and in the center of the room was a pole. At the top of this pole was a bundle of bananas. And so, as you can imagine, as the monkeys got hungry one by one, they would scurry up that pole to grab a banana. But when they got to the top, they didn't expect this. A cold shower of water sprayed them, and they ran down the pole forgetting to grab the banana that they desired. And the scientists, after seeing that they were now scared to go up this pole, started one by one removing one of the monkeys that had been sprayed by the water and was afraid to go up the pole with one that had never been sprayed by the water and didn't know what would happen. And so the monkey, once it got hungry enough, it would start making its way up the pole. But before it even got halfway up the pole, guess what happened? The other monkeys pulled it down. One by one, as I said, they replaced each one of these monkeys until an entirely new group of monkeys that had never been sprayed by this cold shower now occupied the room and none of them would dare go up the pole, even though they did not know why. Isn't that what happens in our culture? One person gets frightened and tells everyone else how he or she ought to behave, all for the sake of being safe. Sometimes we have to live like we have the Spirit of God with us, protecting us. Sometimes we have to realize that we are here not just for the sake of living to a certain age, but for the sake of carrying the message of Jesus Christ to those around us. The life expectancy in heaven far exceeds the life expectancy that any group of people have here on earth. So let's strive for that life in heaven, not just for ourselves, but for our neighbors as well. For this reason, we'll be starting our life group Bible studies. For many, this is a chance to reach out to family, friends, neighbors, and if you recall, last week we addressed it as related to Encourage yourself and others in faith. But it is also an opportunity to reach out to those who are yet to believe. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul wrote that his friend Epaphroditus was so ill that everyone was afraid that he would die. 
What was concerning to Epaphroditus, though, was that he did not want people to be worried about his condition. Paul then wrote words of praise to this man, Epaphroditus, which, by the way, we don't really know anything about, anything else about Epaphroditus, except for this leap of faith that he took, that he become ill, and yet he still made it a priority to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. He wanted to usher new converts into eternal glory, regardless of what that cost was. It reminds me a lot of this young man from a few years back by the name of John Allen Chow. Does anybody remember the name John Allen Chow? Probably not. It's a, he wasn't given a whole lot of press, but he made a brief uh, appearance inside the news for something that he did. He was a missionary who tried to reach a tribe that lives on an island just off of the coast of India known as Sentinel. Sentinel Island is what it was called. And the Sentinelese people are violently hostile to, towards anybody who would seek to make landing on their island. The Indian government was so concerned over them that they made it illegal to even traverse over in that direction. They weren't allowed to land on that island, mostly because they feared for the lives of those who would try to make contact with these people. John, nonetheless, found it worthwhile to make contact with them for the, uh, for the sake of Jesus Christ and their eternal destiny. John wrote in his diary that he was scared, but that it was worth it to declare Jesus to these people. If you recall the story, he indeed eventually was killed by the Sentinelese people. But before he died, he called this island's Satan's last stronghold. As it was a place that the gospel message had not yet been able to breach. He knew that Satan was the real enemy, not these people. And if he did nothing, many of them would be condemned to eternal darkness. 87.8, 82, 87.7, 81.5. These are not the numbers we should be focusing on, but instead our focus is to be on helping to bring more people to be with Christ for all eternity. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we think about our lives and what they mean to you, Lord, they're far more valuable to you than what we can possibly comprehend. So valuable that you would send your Son to earth that he would live only a brief time here and then join you up in glory. And Lord, we even say 33 years old, but we don't even know that he lived to be that age. It may have been 30. Lord, it puts our lives into perspective. Knowing that even though we all desire to live long, and also to make an impact on people. Your desire for us is faithfulness, is trust, is obedience. So Father God, impress on our hearts your will, your desires, and help us, Lord, to have this fearless faith that you desire us to have. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit and all the good 
they are doing in the lives of each one of us here at Faith Presbyterian Church. We praise you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name.